on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Was Clerks 2 the last great Kevin Smith comedy? Can we overlook Randall's vulgar racist slurs in 2021? Is it possible not to fall in love with Rosario Dawson dancing on the rooftop? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica and Manscaped as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me, we have Ben Slinger. Hello. And his hetero life mate, <laughs> Trevor Scott. Hello. Hosts of the Bitstorm <laughs> podcast. How are you guys doing? Really good. Great. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, I think one of you just mentioned, like, Clerks was episode three, I think, of this podcast. Yes, episode so three of Comedy Rewind, and we're back <laughs> for Clerks 2. And I'm sure you mentioned when we get to Clerks 2 that I have to bring you back. And I probably thought it would be like a, a couple more years away, but here we are. With, it's the 2000s and, and I've got you on, so it's good. It's good. I'm happy about it. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Absolutely. And yeah. for those who have who have you know listened to the Clerks and Mulrats episodes in the past, I've got lots of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to, to my research for this and went um, to, to the useless trivia part and I was like, ah. Uh, Trevor will will fill that part out for me. <laughs> Trevor's good. I don't need to worry about it. Trevor shot me the link to the like behind the scenes uh, feature on YouTube, and I watched it at you know double speed just to hopefully get a little bit of that trivia uh, yeah. in my head. But oh, I'm that's sure, good because sure I, I probably, probably went I right through. Yeah, I would have liked to see that, but uh, I wasn't as organized. But that's that's okay. We've got uh, plenty of time to talk about Clerks too, and mm-hmm. I guess we could start with personal memories and experiences with this movie and i guess maybe where it ranks amongst the uh you know the view askew universe yeah i i was trying to think of that and and personal experiences with this one because clerks was you know amongst my friends group such a huge sort of influence and constantly quoting it and that sort of thing uh Mm. so what i do recall is we were definitely excited for clerks too and i think we got a group of people together. Um, I feel like we saw it late though. I didn't get yeah. out there, you know, first weekend uh, or anything like that. I feel like it took a while before we could get everyone together, but when we finally did, uh, yeah, I just, I remember having a good experience with everyone, with all the friends going out to sort of see, okay, what's, what's this about? Clerks 2, let's see, you know, how, how he manages to, to make a sequel to, you know, that yeah. iconic film. <laughs> Yeah, I remember sitting in the theatre thinking, okay, so we're starting in black and white, because I hadn't watched the trailer or anything. I'm like, okay, is this going to be all okay. black and white? And then, you know, he opens up the opens up the, the quick stop, and I'm thinking, okay, where's this going? And bang, there's fire. <laughs> like In colour, technicolour. And I'm like, okay, so it's not even going to be at the quick stop. And it was just a ride. Um, Very Wizard of Oz moment, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it is. And... Uh, uh, do you remember like what you thought when you came out of the movie? To be honest, I feel like I was maybe slightly disappointed at the time, uh, mm. or just didn't quite know how to feel about mm. it. Then it didn't strike in the same way that Clerks did, uh, and maybe that's just because Clerks had come before it, and you know it obviously builds on a lot of the, you know, just the the beats of Clerks, I suppose. Mm. Uh, 
I think I like it a lot better now. I think I actually appreciate it better now. Obviously, we'll get to that later, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and I also remember coming out going, okay, this is going to take a while to process because it was just so much in there and so much comedic stuff. And having just mm. watched Clerks, um, just before watching this, like it it definitely hit different different levels. But um, looking back at it now, I actually think. Clerks 2 is a funnier film than Clerks. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Like, I um, like, w- talked about this when we watched Clerks, where it, to me it wasn't like, a, like, as a rewatch, it wasn't like a laugh out loud, like, this part's so funny. It, it was more like you appreciate what they were doing and what it meant at the time and, and like, the, the novelty of it. And that, that was such a big component of it. And uh, I guess the, you know, you appreciate that, it's it's made with no budget and you appreciate mm. that it's it's doing things that haven't been in movies before like talking about star wars and talking about <laughs> pop culture and and these cutaways to jay and silent bob and that kind of thing where by this point they're all movie stars to, to some degree it's a bit different uh it's still filmed for like compared to the to the 1994 like five million dollars it's almost like the equivalent of, uh, of yeah, twenty eight thousand dollars at the time, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's like there's big stunts in here, like there was in Mole Rats and and like Jay and Silent Bob. It's not like they have, uh, you know, these huge stars. Uh, Rosario Dawson was probably a big name for the time, uh, and she, she's probably even more famous now, obviously. Mm. But um, she was, you know, it wasn't like. Matt Damon wasn't the lead or like yeah, Ben Affleck yeah. wasn't the lead. Yeah. So I, since I did watch the thing and I'll get in front of Trevor here on the trivia. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, from what I, from what I saw and what they said in the doc, uh, basically the studio wanted at least some names in there and like gave them a mm. list. Uh, and it was Bryce Dallas Howard, like Bryce Dallas Howard, Ellen Pompeo, um, Sarah was, Silverman, Sarah Silverman. Yeah. And they all turned it down for various reasons. Some because they like got to the ass to mouth scene and were like, nope. <laughs> and some because like, like Sarah Silverman said, you know, she, she just, that's not the sort of role that she wanted to. Didn't to want play. to be the girl in the film. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. She, yeah. Actually, I think she said if, if, if I was reading for Randall, then maybe, um, which, <laughs> which actually like Sarah Silverman's Randall, that fucking, that'd work. That'd work. Yeah. <laughs> I could actually see her as the the character that uh, that his wife, that Kevin Smith's wife plays, Jen, like as as Emma, like she fits into that kind of personality a bit more. But hmm. I guess Kevin Smith has to save roles for his his best friends in every movie, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. when when Rosario Dawson was actually reading, she didn't know which part she was reading for. So she originally right. was thinking almost I'm playing for the I'm reading for the Emma part, and then. Um, hmm obviously got the Becky part, which was, you know, probably the better fit for that because it then leads her into the next film as well. I don't, yeah, I don't think Jen Schwalbach could have done Becky. <laughs> no. No, definitely not. Just a bit, it's a bit too much then if he literally casts his wife as the sort of romantic <laughs> Romantic as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, this movie is, it's, it's, it's like the vein of Clerks and the theme of Clerks and, you know, being in a job that you don't love and like the things that i guess we loved about clerks and related to where i think kevin smith even said that clerks was a movie about being in your 20s and not really knowing 
where you want to be. And then this is a movie about being in your 30s and not knowing where you want to be. The thing that separates this the most to me, apart from obviously it's in color, <laughs> is <laughs> that it, it's got, to me, way more heart than Clerks. Mm. So Clerks has these poignant moments where it's like, you know, things get real and especially towards the end of the movie. But this film kind of focuses on that and threads it through the movie a bit more and has this big build up towards the end, obviously the scene in the prison. Uh, and we'll probably get to that at some point in, in most iconic scene, I think. Mm-hmm. But like Randall wasn't a good friend in Clerks to me. Like he was a kind of like why the, it, was, it was almost like these guys are friends because they have Cause, to see each other yeah, all the time. Yeah. Whereas in this one, it was like, no, there's definitely a, bro- a full bromance, codependence. Like, yep. <laughs> these guys are like, they, they are hetero life mates, the same way that Jane and Silent Bob are. So I think, like, being someone that, you know, I'm a pretty sentimental guy, I, I really appreciate this movie in that aspect compared to Clerks and even Kevin Smith's other films. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got to say, like, watching Randall is, it's tough, like, to because of the way he behaves. And I think it would be difficult to be his friend in a lot of ways. But you're right <laughs> that, particularly in this film, you can you can see how that works a bit more. And there, you know, they obviously have this ongoing tension where Randall's just like <laughs> getting, I don't know, pissing Dante off basically. Because um, mm. really, from the very beginning, Dante's kind of at Randall the whole time. Uh, because they sort of very much jump right into this situation where, you know, it's literally Dante's last day. Um, mm. And so there's sort of stuff going on. But I feel I feel like in this film, Dante is much more the worst friend than, than Randall. Um, just in the way he kind of dismisses him and doesn't realise, yeah. you know, what's going on. We've got some uh, tweets. I asked for some questions and some of the comments are probably worth bringing up here. Here, the first one from at V Silent Angel said, Man, when this first came out, I thought, meh, watching it again years later, this became one of, if not my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Happy this one wasn't in black and white past the intro. <laughs> uh, Neil McVeigh says, I'm biased, but I'm unable to say this Kevin Smith film is better than that one or the other one, but there is something special about this one that I can't put my finger on. Rosario Dawson made this already epic movie. Beyond epic, it was Clerks with heart and soul. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think that mm. speaks to kind of what I was getting at. Uh, whether it's the you know the, the prison scene and the dialogue in there that's just like so good, or the one-on-one conversations between Becky and and Dante, like there is a lot going on here. The last one to generate some discussion here is from Stephen Del Prado over at Player Two who says, this might be a controversial take. Would you say this is the last consistently good film Kevin has put out? I understand the 420 may have done wonders for his mental health and general happiness, but I can't say I've loved one of his films since this one. Hmm. So discuss. I, I, I personally have to agree with Stephen because I think, you know, this was 2006. And then from here, uh, I guess we got Cop Out, which was, I actually didn't hate that. And then from there, it's it's been these more kind of off the wall kind of quirky movies that he's been making specifically for fans of his podcast. Like I guess. Um, what about in, Zach and Mary? You, you forgot about Zach and Mary make a. Oh, I, I did. I did forget Zach and Mary. Sorry, you're right. I guess that's not in this universe, so I tend to forget about it. But that's a really good point. I'll, that's a really good movie. Um, 
I'll tell Stephen if you're listening. <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob Reboot was also a very good film. Like, I really enjoyed that, and I've watched it another two or three times. And um, Still, to be fair, that's 11 years between Zach and Miri and Jay and Silent Bob, and at least, what, three, yeah. four films. I, uh, See, yeah, not to go too deep into his the yeah. other ones, I was just going to say, like, I didn't mind Red State. It was definitely way out there from a Kevin Smith point of view and, and really yeah. where he started getting experimental. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it had some some good performances and some interesting stuff. Uh, Tuscan Yoga Hose is definitely off the wall and an acquired taste. And I own them both on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I was going to say, like, Clerks is almost the last, like, movie that you can just... It's the last, like, really easy to watch movie apart from Zack and Mary, I'll, I'll give that some some respect but the others you have to like be like a really hardcore Kevin Smith fan to actually get anything from them I think including yeah, Reboot I which I watched a few days ago in preparation for this and I didn't really like it that much which we can really? get to okay. <laughs> a bit later yeah <laughs> we, we need to do debrief um, on that so that's okay <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe we just talk about it now um, <laughs> I, I just felt like it was almost completely fan servicey and it just didn't really work for me it was a little bit too like wink wink nudge uh and like really corny and it was missing the stuff that i like in kevin smith movies which is like clever dialogue and like real realistic conversations mm. which is what clerks 2 and clerks 1 are really great at Mm -hmm. um even like even dogma and chasing amy have have a lot of that stuff happening as well when was the last time that you watched jane silent bob strike back though a long time ago and i know that this this is like a a spiritual successor as well as as a reboot of that movie Uh, you what you watch that and you watch reboot together and you'll actually go okay he was just emulating the like it was literally the same idea that yeah yeah i did get that i did get that and he, he kind of beats your head over, over <laughs> with that as well. So it's hard not to get that. But um, I don't know if I would really watch Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back now and also be a huge fan compared to the these other movies that I've mentioned. Yeah, but it's also because each movie that he did is actually a genre film. Um, so if you actually have a look at, like, uh, More Rats is more of a comic book movie uh, in the... In the yeah. In the way that you know, it's it's all zany and and sort of um, doing a whole heap of things that you wouldn't expect from a normal film. Like it's it's yeah, you've literally got Jay and Silent Bob doing Roadrunner Coyote stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, and and then then you then you watch the um, then you watch Chasing Amy and you see that that is just a romantic love story, and then you got the action film that is Dogma, and then you've got like another mm-hmm. well, really yeah, I think think ben got it got on the nose it, it's, it's actually uh more rats is more of a um like a cartoon and mm. and then your road movie slash comic book movie is your jane silent bob strike back then he then he's gone back into into clerks and i think has just made a sequel to clerks which brings it back to, back into the original like it definitely shows just his mm. experimentation and, and his exploration of the different genres i i do mm. agree with like i've only watched reboot once I agree that it's very fan service. I mean, like it's it's basically the entire point of the film. Yeah. Uh, as a fan, I didn't mind that. I still found it pretty funny, and it was an enjoyable watch. Um, I don't think it was as good as even Jones' Home Bob Strike Back. 
but again, like part of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back is uh, just seeing those characters, like spending that amount of time with Jane Silent Bob, right? Like, yeah, uh, mm. was sort of a novelty at the time as well. So, yeah, that's true. W- one of the things I that I didn't like, it, it felt like the Silent Bob from this movie is a different character than other like other movies. <laughs> Which movie? uh, So, like, Chasing Amy or even even Clerks 2, like, he's... He just seems like a a guy that doesn't talk. Whereas in uh, Jalen... In Reboot, he's a a mute that has to write on his phone and make emojis and, like... It's like he can't physically talk. And it's played up way more for laughs and stuff. Yeah, it is. There's a bit of that in James Holland Bob Strike Back as well, of course. You know, the scene where he's trying to mime out the... Uh, right, sure. animals of Hollywood or whatever it is until he finally <laughs> just yells in Jay's face. But yeah, it's kind of this weird thing. They never explain why he doesn't talk most of the time. And yes, then to go to the point literally of putting emojis on his phone and stuff instead of just saying something. It's like, okay, it does get a bit out there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But I think that's that's part of what makes it funny as well because it's yeah. so it was uh, It was fun to see everyone again. Yeah, You, you do have to be able to appreciate his... More out there stuff. Yeah. And especially Definitely. because um, listening to any of his podcasts, he never shuts up. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's the thing. Like the, in some of the early movies, they almost made it like he doesn't talk because Jay never shuts up. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just went into like cartoon character mode with, with some of the movies. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, this movie made $20 million, which I don't know if that is a lot by Kevin Smith movie standards, but it's a lot for the budget. So, well done, Kevin, on, I guess, a hit. One of the few hits. Um, successful yeah, it's, box office it's a, it's a running joke that um, about 20 to $30 million is Kevin Smith money. Um, mm. When Zach and Mary made about the same amount, they were not too happy because they were hoping that <laughs> yeah. with, a, with a, you know... Because well, they were going very much for the Judd Apatow. Yeah. Trying to ride yes. the Judd Apatow wave with Zach and Mary. Didn't pay off, and it didn't pay off, and it's the lowest grossing <laughs> film that that stars uh, Seth. Right. So Seth <laughs> Rogen, yeah, it's um, but yeah, we're not talking about that film. We're talking about Clerks too. Let's go. Yeah, back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll get to the Rotten Tomatoes score. Do you guys want to guess where this one's sitting? I'm gonna be crude and say sixty nine. <laughs> I'm going to say 73. It's 64%. So, it's fresh. uh, Which is, (laughs) yeah, just fresh. Which, I think that's, I I think it's a better movie than that would suggest, personally. Yeah. But I I guess by this point, Kevin Smith had uh, worn out his welcome in probably some circles as far as yeah uh, i'm certainly not so film what's critics? the what's yeah. the audience uh i bet the audience is like in the 80s oh uh, yeah it's, it's, i think it was yeah somewhere yeah. up there 88 or something i think yeah. uh critics find it hard to give a good score to a movie with a donkey show in it <laughs> just i don't yeah. know why <laughs> yeah we don't have enough to compare it to there's not really a, <laughs> uh, a, a control group for that <laughs> But there's there's a quote that I pulled from the Observer that says Clerks Two strikes its deepest chords when it appeals to the emotional security of a passionately provincial status quo, and I like that. Hmm. It's a it's a nice sentence. Hmm. 
Um, number one song when this movie released. So it was August in 2006 over here. Anyone want to guess which pop tune was rocking the airwaves? I'm guess Avril Lavigne. Ooh. Complicated, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that good guess. That's that, not bad. I think it was a bit. I think it was. A, I think that was a bit earlier, like two thousand four, yeah. maybe. But yeah, it's a good guess anyway. Anything, Trev? Was Lady Gaga around at this time? Two thousand six. I reckon she might have been like just coming just, out, just coming out, or just but a little bit later. It's, so yeah, it's not her though. It's it's Justin Timberlake. Well, with yep. sexy back. The reason uh, he brought. He brought sexy back. The yeah. reason I thought Avril Lavigne is because I saw a tweet the other day. It was talking about a real album that exists, which is like the best of dad rock. And it had Avril oh, Lavigne yeah. on it because we're that mm. old now. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That is, I did see that tweet and I never clicked in it to read what it was about. But now, now I know. Now I know. <laughs> Uh, what have you done for me lately? So we can cover this almost completely by just saying reboot. Like everyone yeah, in this Refer movie, to previous discussion. <laughs> yeah. Is in reboot. Uh, and we've talked about that. Apart from Trevor Furman, who plays Elias in this film, and he's done almost literally nothing since Clerks 2 for some reason. That's interesting because uh, I know that Kevin really liked him and I'm pretty sure he's, mm. he's playing a big role in the- In Clerks 3, yep. Upcoming Clerks 3, which, I mean, I'm right. pretty sure Kevin's still in the middle of writing whatever the latest version of that is. So maybe he'll eventually he film fi- it, He but... finished the first um, the first draft in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah. yeah. It's going to gonna take a while until yeah. he starts filming that. But, but uh, yeah, so we'll Trevor get to Furman... Clerks 3 towards the end. But yeah, Trevor. Yeah. Trevor Furman, Furman has actually been involved in, in some Kevin Smith stuff, just not within the movie business. So... Um, he was on a podcast with, with Kevin when they were first announcing the, um, the Jane Silent Bob, um, beat em up game. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so he's been involved with, um, I think it was in Terror Bang in Entertainment or something like that. So he's still, he's still sort of involved in there a little bit. Um, but he also married, um... Uh, what what was her name? Trish the Dish from from More Rats. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's well, funny so, just because they're all they're both like the teenagers in those films. Yeah. I just feel like that's yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was that, actually, actually five when they made this too. Yeah, he's he's actually one of my favorite characters in this in this. Oh yeah, he's like, like my age. That's weird. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's he um he adds a, a definitely like a youthful realism to working at a, a place like movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought he was yeah. quite good in it. He definitely added a different sort of character that Kevin Smith I feel like hadn't really played with before, specifically in that way. Mm. I don't know. He he's obviously a bit naive and a bit of a doofus and obviously a huge nerd, but yeah, just his yeah. his sort of sincerity. And his depth of of geekdom uh, was an interesting addition. Yeah, and and also gave a, an extra foil to Randall's antics. Mm-hmm. So um, you didn't yeah, always sure. have Randall on Dante. You had him on Elias, which uh, sort of gave a little bit of a nicer sort of relationship between Randall and Dante, rather than the antagonistic one that sort of was prevalent throughout Clerks. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Rosario Dawson has just been on Mandalorian, which I don't know if you guys have watched, but yep. pretty big role mm-hmm. on that that I won't mention in case there's people out there that get up in my grill about spoilers. Uh, she was on a series called Briar Patch, which has been running for a few years and also pretty good from what I've heard. I didn't get to check it out. And she was also on a little series called Daredevil. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was going to mention the Marvel stuff, but that's getting away from us now. That was like 2016 to yeah, uh, but, 2018. You know, it was still like, <laughs> it was a pretty big news back then. <laughs> she also popped up in Jane the Virgin, which was, I think, more recently. Yes. But, yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. Um, so she's now part of the Star Wars and Marvel universes. <laughs> so I don't know how many people she's just owned, are on that list. owned but, by Disney now. <laughs> she's going to be a Disney princess next she's the thread through those um, Netflix Marvel series as well she's on like Luke Cage she's on Daredevil I'm not sure if she shows up on the others but it's good to see you know it's good to see her she's, she's always she's always good we'll talk yep. a lot more about her no later because she's such a great part of this film okay what's the most 2000s moment of Clerks 2 uh there's a lot of Lord of the Rings talk, and I mean, Lord of the Rings is still yep. popular, but I feel like that was obviously right in its peak. Lord of the Rings, the Mannequin Skywalker stuff, um, even even just the uh, like the movies internet like is so two thousands to me. Like the the web page that that he that he was on just <laughs> looks so so ancient. I was gonna I was gonna bring up the the little internet kiosk. Uh, in the like yeah. modern modern uh, smartphone section, <laughs> but yeah, uh. <laughs> having an internet kiosk at a fast food place is such a two thousands thing. Like I remember the yep. McDonald's in my town had, you know, a few things like a few little terminals like that that you could go to. Absolutely, and- it's it's right, yeah, yeah, right in that period where the internet was popular enough that people wanted to use it, but not popular enough that they had it in their homes necessarily. And of course, smartphones weren't quite there. Mm yet either so um i will also say i had this in the later section too but i think it belongs here uh i don't think buying the video store was a really great investment (laughs) in 2006 uh i looked it up and netflix started their streaming in 2007 (laughs) so i got a few good years i'm sure yeah not sure that survived very long well, obviously uh, yeah. it didn't I mean, because when when we actually see in reboot, RST video is no longer there, and it's it's yeah, it's true. To the it's like smoker. The, the chicken place, yeah, yeah. makes sense. That's, right. That's a good point, and I did notice at the end, like it was, even though it was two thousand six, it still was a VHS <laughs> focused <laughs> shop. It had like it had a it had like one box that says DVDs on it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and everything great. else is still VHS tapes. <laughs> that's awesome (laughs) yeah there's another 2000s moment that i wanted to mention where randall asks elias to borrow his cell phone presumably he doesn't have his own phone and then not only is that seen like alien to us now but elias says oh the phone's only for emergencies which (laughs) is another kind of sign that it's the kind of early days of uh mobile phones which even like thinking back, like that's not how I remember 2006. Like I think that that scene is almost like it's like Kevin Smith wrote the scene in 2000 and 
three and then they just kept it in there. I think it kind of works for the character a bit too. Like, I feel like the relationship he has with his parents, they might only, you know, let him have a phone for yeah, emergencies. That's that's true. But then, like, why wouldn't Randall have a phone? Like, he seems like someone that would have his own phone. Yeah, that that's a good point. Yeah. I know but then poor, again, but, don't forget you know. that Randall is actually based off of Brian Johnson um, and doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, Kevin and Brian probably didn't have have many, um, have many like, technological things back, back then. Like, Kevin would have, mm. but maybe maybe Brian wouldn't have. So, it's, it's trying to be true to the character. Maybe, maybe Brian didn't really like stuff back then. So, that's possible. Only Kevin Smith and Brian would know. Um, but yeah, the the Lord of the Rings thing is definitely the first thing I thought of. But also something that ties this not just to the two thousands, but specifically to two thousand six, is Elias talking about the Transformers movie that's about to come out, which I think was two thousand seven. That Michael Bay mm-hmm. film and, and his excitement over it and all that kind of thing. It's, it's a nice little moment in time. Yeah, that was interesting as well, just because I I have no exposure to any sort of major Transformers fandom. I feel like it doesn't feel like a thing. I'm sure it is in a big way, but like... <laughs> oh, it is, yeah. It, <laughs> but yes, I'm so... I, so it was interesting to see, you know, how someone in that fandom might react to, to yeah, the, the prospect of a live action movie coming out and... His whole and thing have, about and, and having having you know being uh, having the the perfect net handle optimally placed yeah to have the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the most popular net handle <laughs> that that's a great touch the the other thing that was very two thousands that I noticed in the credits I mentioned Kevin Smith credits are always quite interesting but you know it's listing his website and all this stuff and it has like a MySpace page for kevin smith <laughs> it's like myspace.com slash that kevin smith and you know no twitter no facebook page just myspace and yep. i was like yes this is 2006 to <laughs> yeah yeah still a, a little bit off in sort of wide popular popularity i'd be curious when i wonder when kevin joined twitter because he's such an avid or at least it was for yeah. a long time or such an avid tweeter I feel like the celebrity wave of people joining Twitter was at like 2008, 2009, mm. definitely. Because that, that's what I jumped on as well. Not that I'm a celebrity, but the reason that I joined Twitter was so that I could see what, you know, these people the were, celebrities were putting doing, out yeah. into the world. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Joined May 2008. Cool about it so. initially. Yeah. Okay. Uh, most iconic scene. What did you have, uh, Ben? Yeah, I had two. Um, the first one being the dancing scene on the on the roof going into the musical number. I feel like that's just mm-hmm. what I always think of when I think of Clerks 2. Uh, is Rosario, Rosario Dawson up there, kind of shimming and shimmying away, and then the uh, and then and then the the Jane Silent Bob popping up with their pigtails uh, as mm. the sort of true <laughs> music number starts which is yeah you know a bit weird inexplicably like staring into the camera (laughs) yeah yeah full on it's kind of yeah (laughs) um and then the other one i had was the jail scene which of course is is sort of a a big emotional scene and and Mm. very impactful Mm. trev what do you have um 
exactly the same as Ben. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you you can't go you can't go past like the dancing scene. It's just, um, mm. just classic. Every time it comes up to that part of the movie, I'm like, ah, oh, we're here, and I just sit back and I just. You know, enjoy it, and it does and- kind of get it does kind of get into the meat of the movie, and you see, like, there's that great shot of Dante kind of, you know, looking at uh, at Becky as she as she's dancing, and sort of, I guess, realizing that he's in love with her, yeah, uh, or, or or admitting to himself, perhaps, yeah, uh, mm. and and it's also that final moment of there's this great moment of of, of joy and you know being carefree before she sort of drops the bomb that she's pregnant and yeah it sort of continues on an emotional ride from there right like it's drops the bomb and then he drops her yeah yeah (laughs) it really projects the movie into act three i guess in in a lot of ways i had the same thing i mean i i had the lord of the rings scene here as well where it's Mm -hmm. like the whole tear down of, of that franchise and the, the guy coming in with his ring and him and Elias are bonding over it. And then Randall just tries to like pull, pull them apart. That That's like probably the most iconic like comedy scene to me. I agree. Yeah. But then yeah, obviously the present scene we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, but that ABC Jackson five montage it's almost like a cheap thing to do to just like throw in a, a dance number. It's so easy, and so, but it's just like it just works so well. It's so perfect the way that they're up on the roof, uh, the way that Silent Bob and Jay are dancing downstairs, and it breaks into this very eighties uh, dance number where I, I was like, "Is it a homage to Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Is it like a?" breakfast club thing i think it's like a bit of both yeah because you know it cuts inside and elias and randall are dancing and like he's walking along the counter does the randall really reminded me of breakfast club yeah that's so a breakfast club you know um in fact it was a whole john hughes sort of um feeling so you're right i just mentioned two john hughes movies without even realizing yeah Yeah, well and yeah I, i hadn't made that connection but given you know i mean kevin smith's a fan of John Hughes, but and and it comes up multiple times in his previous films. So, yeah, it probably is a, yeah. a direct homage to to that style of thing. Um, but yeah. also, it does just feel like a bit of Kevin Smith experimenting again, you know, and and just doing what he wants to do with his movie, which I kind of feel like he, you know, kudos to him for just mm. whatever. We'll yeah, throw a dance it's a it's, it's the kind of thing that if you put that scene in Clerks, it would be like it would almost like ruin what's good about clerks in some yeah. ways it just wouldn't work yeah. no you couldn't but it works so well here but but if if you actually think about it he, um them going to the roof is very much this is the hockey scene from yeah. Yeah. from <laughs> clerks 1 and this is them doing their version of it for for clerks 2 and it there was there just had to be a reason as to why they they went up um i do love how many times they play welcome home by king diamond um because every <laughs> single time that like they go to press something i'm just expecting that song to come up again <laughs> because they play it at the start when when jane sonnenblad first turn up they play it um oh uh what's his name randall sings it at elias um in, into into the microphone and then jay and silent bob turn up behind behind elias and start singing um that song and the and the next song in the album i can't remember what that one is um but then you know i was i've totally forgot that um when 
Becky asks for a song to be played, you know, something they can dance to, yeah. he plays that same song again. <laughs> it's just great. But no, uh, Ben, you nailed it as well with like this very slow pan or zoom, I guess it is, into Dante's face as he falls in love with Becky or, as you said, realizes that he's in love with her. And I think like for me as the viewer, like that's like when I fell in love with Rosario Dawson because like her jiggling around in her like tank top and and being so cool and fun on this room and like so beautiful yeah and just like the antithesis of of dante really Mm -hmm. as a as a character and as a personality and you can see that look on his face like you can see so you can read so much into it like he's thinking like this is the kind of person that makes me feel different or this is the kind of person who makes me who i want to be or or whatever it might be so i I think that that is just a a scene that you can kind of get lost in in that those moments as as it zooms in and um you know you're seeing her being so cool and and carefree and seeing him just relishing spending some time with her not talking about work not talking about his problems with his fiance or or whatever it might be and then of course yeah ending that scene with i'm pregnant um it's just like the whole scene has it has everything as a, as a kind of a sequence yep and and coming and a from a director song. like kevin smith like you you almost don't expect that sort of heart to be to be there and that's where it really kicks kicks in that you know this isn't you know the same director that did clerks you know he's really grown it is it is really interesting to see how you could almost pinpoint the moments in clerks too where he's learned things from his previous movies. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, the original Clerks, you know, it had a few moments of sort of, uh, you know, emotional resonance, particularly near the end, as you said earlier, Jai. Uh, but in general, it was pretty much just this sort of crude, you know, it was it's what Clerks was. It was people talking about weird stuff in a vulgar way and it's funny and whatever, you know. Uh, but you can see, you know, okay, he's learnt through like chasing Amy how to do better, um, you know, em- emotional moments and impactful scenes. He's he's learned from Dogma how to do better sort of action moments. Not that there's a ton of that in this, but uh, and you know, he's learned through more as how to do more comedy comedic scenes with more movement and be a bit more wacky. And so you can kind of you can really see the the journey yeah. all the way through to Clerks Two and how it all comes together. For sure. And the prison scene, I guess we can talk about next being that other really key part of the film. Our friend Ryan Betson over at the Pop Culturist said, this is unquestionably his favorite Kevin Smith film. It came at a time when I needed it as I was ready to move away for uni and my friend stayed in our hometown, mirroring Dante and Randall's hurdle. The final scene in the cell hit harder. It's just brilliant. Mm. It's the kind of scene where I wonder if it, it was like the idea that Kevin Smith had that he based the whole movie around because it's such a, you know, if you take that out of this movie, there's almost like nothing there. Apart, it, it almost would just be clerks mm. with a bunch of fun scenes tied together. Um, yeah. And then I, I just, I just think like giving that relationship the the depth that it has and having Randall be vulnerable in a moment for the, from yeah. what I can recall, for the first time ever, like being honest, being yeah. not uh, not putting up this wall that nothing bothers him and that, 
you know, that he's not where he wants to be in life. Because, you know, watching Clerks, it's almost like he believes that he's kind of pulling a fast one on society by, you know, slacking off at work and getting paid and he's happy doing it. But then as this movie goes on, you see this discontent and he's like telling um, Elias that we're going to be best friends after Dante leaves and like what that means for him and <laughs> how sad that kind of makes him <laughs> when he really realizes that he's losing his best friend yeah. and for him to, to kind of have that shouting match with Dante and actually be the one that you connect with more, like you relate to him this time and it's yeah. like, Oh, this is a real person here. Um, how, how does that uh, scene hold up to you guys? Yeah. Still I, uh, as good. Still as good now as, mm. as, what I remember. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's definitely the best acting that uh, Jeff Anderson, that's his name, right? Yeah. Uh, Jeff Mm -hmm. Anderson has ever done, uh, or at least that I've seen. Uh, Because it's interesting, because, you know, he, essentially Kevin Smith pulls Jeff Anderson in to do these movies. He doesn't do a lot of acting otherwise. Uh, And you you can, uh, one of the things I was going to mention earlier as well is you can, I don't know if it's, if it's, Kevin being a better director or just the experience that these actors have had, even though a lot of them, you know, haven't done a lot of stuff, but obviously the acting in this is, is, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of, uh, of clerks, uh, even though there, there are still the occasional sort of little, little awkward acting moments that you might not see in a, in, you know, with more professional actors, but uh, in general, yeah, I mean, with the scene with Dante on the roof and especially this one with Randall, you can really see that there's a bit of depth there. Um, one of the things that really struck me about Randall was when he said that he just finds everything in the world to be stupid and not that I relate to that specifically, but I can kind of imagine, oh, like he's sort of, he's sort of reacting to the world in that way. You you can just, you can see that it's just like, he's almost got, and I'm not going to, not going to call like a a mental disability or anything, but like, obviously his mind thinks in a very particular way and Mm. he just doesn't connect with the rest of the world around him. And so Dante kind of is the only person there for that. So it sort of really strikes home even more like how much he's losing when, if Dante's going to move away. Trev, did you want to go into a little bit about that scene that was explained in the doc? Cause Jono touched on some stuff that is explained a little. Yeah. So they, they actually, talk about the the way that it was originally um intended was that you know silent bob was going to do his usual thing and say you guys should buy the should buy the um yeah right you know the the quick, quick stop and all this sort of stop. stuff and then a few people told kev well no I, it should it should come from randall and and then you know randall was going to just blurt it out there and say oh yeah wait that's that's what we should do but they ended up changing it so you know i'd buy the quick stop and, you know, that's what I'd do, full stop. And it just gave that poignant moment of, you know, Randall knows exactly what he wants to do and how to, how to remain yeah. friends. And it just yeah, adds r- into that. Right up to the last moment, effectively, that I think they, they didn't quite know how they were going to play it. Um, and then I think it was actually Jeff Anderson who sort of yeah. decided to play it as if he hadn't even ever thought of this before. It just was coming out of the blue in the heat of the moment it just comes out of his mouth and it's not even until it's fully out of his mouth that he realizes, Oh yes, that's it. Like that makes sense. This is the uh, thing that I want for the rest of yeah. my life. You know? So it's like not something he's been dwelling on and not telling Dante or anything like that. It's literally, Oh, he didn't realize until this moment that that solves everything. 
and yeah. that's what he wants to do. Um, and yeah, I think it, I think it plays really, really well. Mm. And, and bringing the whole the whole um, thing from all the money that Jay and Silent Bob have <laughs> from have from you know Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and they're they're willing to give it to <laughs> to these guys as long as they allow them to to hang outside and and never never go away again. Um, sort of mm. caps off that that two movie sort of story where they where they get kicked out yeah. kicked out of um out of hanging out the front of the quick stop to now that they're always going to be welcome there it sort of yeah. caps off that story quite nicely as well it it's interesting because my read on the delivery in that scene was that it was something that he'd been thinking about but he'd never had the guts to put it out into the universe because it was such a big thing and maybe there is like a canonical answer which would be like the one that you've mm-hmm. said trevor i don't know if, mm-hmm. if, if that's true or not but like yeah my take on it was like yeah that he has wanted this and he's thought about it and like lied in bed thinking about it and he he knew that it wasn't possible he knew that he'd get made fun of or that it would be taking a chance and it wasn't something mm-hmm. that he had ever done before mm-hmm. so that he just kind of kept it to himself and he just because he was so emotional he just like it, it slipped out kind of and then he was like yeah like doubling down in in front of his friend like that was what i thought and i think that whichever way you read it there's it's just such a a really great delivery oh yeah from him. yeah i think that uh, that definitely works well whichever way you, you read into that and uh, also um looking at it from the point of view of you know randall being brian dante being kevin and Kevin left New Jersey to go to LA and it's all that anger that Randall has at Dante or Brian has at Kevin for for having, you know, breaking apart the friendship. This, this would have been almost, you know, hard for, hard for Kevin to actually write because it's, it's very Mm. much a mirror of, of his own life. So do you think in Clerks 3, um, Randall's going to have a podcast? Oh, (laughs) uh, no doubt. (laughs) It would be weird for him not to. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> now, like, I think I just had a moment of like, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely happening. <laughs> I don't know if it would be a successful podcast, but who knows? <laughs> It'd be his perfect uh, platform for Randall. I feel like. Yeah, definitely. hundred oh, percent. Like, I, I, I would just imagine how crazy his podcast would actually go. <laughs> yeah, I'd listen to it. Definitely. So the next question. We've already been going for a really long time, but the next question is what holds up best? And to me, it's the heart and the friendship that we see in this movie. Um, the relationships that we actually see develop on the screen, whether it's between Becky and, and Dante or, or Dante and and Randall. So I think that really ties mm-hmm. into what we've just talked about, both with the dance scene and yep. I guess the, even the conversations that they have like in the manager's office as well with Becky but yeah, the prison scene too. Did you have anything else for holding up the best? I I just kind of like, really liked the way that it really uh, does sort of follow a lot of the beats of Clerks while just doing it mm-hmm. better or in its own way or like applying it in different ways into different characters. So sort of just the arc of the whole film feels very similar, which I'm sure is intentional. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, sort of. You know, in some ways, even juxtaposing back against the original film and comparing, you know, it, it showing that Dante's essentially the same person as he was ten years ago. He still can't kind of shit or get off the pot, 
uh, is still worried about just having the you know the life that he's going to have in the future and not sort of living in the moment and not uh, making his own decisions. Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought that worked well. Um, I actually believed that they all knew how to actually work in the movies <laughs> because just just seeing <laughs> simple things like Randall flipping the burgers and you know them them cooking them all comes comes in after their after their um you know driving around in the go-karts and you know the fries are uh, really burnt to a crisp i think that to me reminds me of you know working in pizza hut and that sort of stuff and actually you know you can still have a friendship and and all that sort of stuff and it um that compared to clerks where it felt like they did nothing all day um, to actually mm. see them continue to work while still having these this adventure, um, you know, uh, I think that actually holds up really well. Because watching back on Clerks and they literally sit there doing absolutely nothing compared to, yeah, doing something in Clerks too. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, what holds up the worst? This is always a tough question on a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you wonder whether he would do it any differently now. That's probably the the question. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin Smith uses vulgarity in an in interesting way, and, and like, uh, I don't have a huge problem with the vulgarity. It obviously plays into the humor a lot. Um, he does rely on the sort of gay panic a lot. There's even even just that, you know, in that touching scene at the end where Randall tells Dante that he loves him, but has to sort of clarify that it's in a totally heteros- uh, you know, heterosexual way. Manly way. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, I, I don't know if Kevin would write that again today. I feel like it would be more criticised uh, today, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the racial stuff was really hard to watch. Yeah. Um, and again, like, Dante- uh, Randall's not a malicious character is particularly around the racist racism stuff, particularly mm-hmm. he's just an ignorant character and a, and a loud mouth, but it's still hard to watch him just drop the N word and, and kind of just throw these slurs around, even if he's yeah. sort of saying that he doesn't believe this. Yeah. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where it's like the, the racism that comes from ignorance and not understanding how hurtful or how damaging these things are not like he's not calling anyone these names he's not like directing any prejudice or or discrimination or anything towards the minorities that he's talking about but he's flippantly using language that would be hurtful so that that uh it's it's the kind of thing as well where it's like is that the joke that he's so out of touch or that he's so clueless and i think that is clearly the joke but would you because with you know the way that uh voices of minorities have been so much more amplified in the last 5 or 10 years would you even risk the backlash that comes from putting this in a movie that's probably the question of of does it hold up yeah yeah i'd agree there i think it's definitely the joke and i think it even you know i think it works as a joke i think it's just really difficult to justify a character like that who goes mm-hmm. that far uh mm. Even, even in that context. So, yeah. I, it, not sure it holds up, but... <laughs> I've, I've got to say, Wanda Sykes and Earthquake's reaction leaving is is actually, you know, perfect. I love Wanda's reaction, but 
Earthquake is is actually sort of more on that. Um, you know, it's fine. You know, I'm I'm not offended, and you know, I'll take. You the can't thing, taste you know. racism. <laughs> that is a good line. <laughs> yeah. But um, what, what's um, really funny is yeah. that was that was filmed very early on. Like that was like day three or day four mm. that they filmed that stuff. So this is probably before they have even got into the nitty gritty of all of all the heart. Um, they're just throwing in words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, we had a, a question from uh, we had a question from our friend uh, Benny Spawning Thirteen on Twitter. He says, "Did they take it back?" Referring to <laughs> Randall's attempt to take back Porch Monkey. Yeah, no. Uh, I I did a little bit of uh, searching on Twitter for the term, and we very much did not take it back. <laughs> it's still only used in the context that. They're talking about it. I movie. feel bad for what you had to see searching for that. Oh, it was mostly like black people commenting yeah, about okay. the phrase or or being called it or someone else reacting to being called mm-hmm. it. So it was. It's very much still. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it's not something that people say to hurt anyone's feelings as much as I. I like, literally don't think I've ever like, heard the term outside of close yeah. to. Uh, so that's why I, I kind of understand Randall saying like. Then again, we aren't. I had never. We aren't in America, and we're not yeah, in you just, know, yeah, the southern true. states. So it's quite possibly more more prevalent there. Uh, yeah, it definitely just feel. You can just feel that ignorance. You can feel that. You know, well, I don't think it's a slur. So, I'm, and I'm not going to bother listening to people who yeah. are telling me yeah. it does, even though they're the ones being hurt. And, <laughs> and yeah, I think I think that is much less acceptable in this you know decade uh, than mm-hmm, maybe it was mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, there's another component of, of Randall that I wanted to touch on here, which I, I maybe it would still be the same, but I still have an issue with it, which is like version shaming Elias mm. and like basically sexually harassing him at work. Like he's asking him if he's what he's done with girls, why haven't you slept with her? Like he's just talking about all this stuff that I guess if it was just two friends hanging out in their own time, it would still be... I think inappropriate, especially with the age difference between them. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. But to, to 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 say that to someone who is your colleague, and I don't know if Randall is technically like his boss or anything. Probably not. But uh, it's still like there's still very much pretty a, like a different power dynamic there. He's <laughs> yes. like twice his age, age nearly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, just a, a senior employee at the very least. You know, even just from from age and experience, so. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean Randall's a lawsuit <laughs> waiting to happen for yes. an employer. <laughs> in in many ways, yeah, probably in in both movies too. The <laughs> way that he talks to uh, talks to his customers in in the first movie. Uh, who would be the most offended by Clerks Two if it came out now? I I just wrote the black community because of that scene yeah. uh, with with Randall just firing off all the slurs that he can think of. Uh, yeah, I mean, essentially, but, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that it's... I mean, other than, yeah, that, that that maybe wouldn't be acceptable today. I don't know that it's got more offensive, particularly. Mm. Uh, it, it's just you wouldn't be able to do things quite as that offensive anymore. Yeah, but there's also, nowadays, you'd actually have a more vocal um, offence. Yes. Because pe- people would actually say, oh my God, I can't believe they, they said this in this movie and it'd be all over everywhere. Whereas they weren't, you know, Whereas MySpace. when it came out, yeah, you could just throw it up on your MySpace and nobody would see it. 
<laughs> you didn't have that global yeah. voice. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Uh, does Clerks 2 pass the internet relevancy test? I, I don't think particularly. I don't recall seeing memes, maybe a couple of GIFs here and there. Mm. I can't say that There's I a few, go like, for anything in particular whenever I'm thinking of a meme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember doing this question for Clerks and it was it was kind of a no for that one. But when you type Clerks into the, you know, the GIF generator or whatever, the most of the ones that come up are from Clerks too because it's HD mm-hmm. yeah. and it's color compared to the grainy kind of videos that you get for Clerks. So, you know, Jay and Silent Bob dancing and that kind of thing. It's it's um there's a few quotes from Randall there, but yeah, as you said, it's not one that just gets thrown around like on the regular. How would modern smartphones and social media change this movie? I mentioned before about the internet kiosks, Randall borrowing the smartphone. The one thing that I think is worth mentioning, I think Becky and Dante would have hooked up or got together away sooner than they did if they were text messaging each mm-hmm. other, fo- following each other on socials. They would have just had more opportunities to talk outside of work. And I think Rand, uh, Dante having that extra avenue to socialize with her, I think he would have seen that there's more. Not so much the text message side, per- because we know that Dante has a phone because he calls mm. he calls for the fire brigade from his phone in the car park when he sees all the smoke. I, I think I feel like texting was a fair yeah. bit different in 2006 though than it is now. Yeah. Yeah, it was more of a, like, uh, how much credit do I have on my phone? Yeah. I don't want to just be... Con- con- like, I don't want to be... When it like, was costing 21 like, I- cents to send someone an SMS, then, yeah. like, you can't be hooking yeah. up via text message. You're certainly not taking photos on that grainy camera and, and spending 50 cents to send an MMS. <laughs> no, you're right. Exactly. I specifically remember, like, I finished high school at the end of 2005, so when this movie was being made, and if you had friends that were on the same provider, like Telstra to Telstra, <laughs> you had, like, the one-cent texts, yep. and that was awesome, because you could just, like, you could just text all night, back and forth. <laughs> uh, but if you had a friend that was, God forbid, on Optus or on Vodafone, it was almost like <laughs> the shun. your friendship was impacted. <laughs> it was yeah. like, it's like, oh, like... You have to really like that person <laughs> to spend the 20... Like, I could text this person 25 times or I could text this person once. And, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of a, like a social suicide to to deviate away from, from the one-cent text. So, yeah, it definitely would have been a factor, I think. Yeah. No, I agree. So, 2005, I was still using a 3315. Um, I'd been using it for quite a while. <laughs> What's your highest snake score? I don't know. <laughs> who could remember um i went so from the 3315 to an iphone 3 like the iphone 3 jump it's a jump yeah it's a it's a little jump <laughs> could you make clerks 2 today or i guess more more relevant what would the 2021 version be and this is probably just a good time to talk about clerks 3 so yeah. uh what do you guys know about it what do you think it's going to be do you think it'll be good? Uh, so there are two different versions of the script around. Uh, the first one mm-hmm. was when was pre heart attack Kevin Smith, where he was in a really dark place and 
And yeah, it it was kind of a, a dark sort of movie and Jeff Anderson refused to come back for it. Um, there's talks that Jeff will be coming back for this one because this is post-heart attack and he's actually um, a lot happier and, and a lot more optimistic about life and, and sort of wants to tell the story of what it's like in that middle age, you know, do, do you go through that um, uh, midlife crisis? Yeah, well, it's going to be, sure. it's going to be interesting because Dante, you know, is obviously going to have at least one child uh, who will, depending on when it's set, be, you know, somewhere between 12 and 16 or whatever. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think it's definitely going to reflect Kevin's life as they all have in, in that period. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if someone has a heart attack in it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I think. I mean, we, I mean, we're in real out. life, Brian <clears throat> has got married since. Like, Brian Johnson actually went through a lot of, um, a lot of dark times as well. Like, mm. he actually, you know, contemplated suicide at one stage, and it was, it was that, um, you know, tell him Steve Dave the podcast that actually, you know, got him to be able to tell all these stories and actually work through a lot of these a lot of these dark thoughts that he was having and now he's married and you know he looks after his his niece a lot of the time and Wouldn't so su- i could imagine yeah. seeing a lot of that sort of coming in into the yeah I, I think story as well i feel like randall will have a really good relationship with dante's daughter in a weird you know inappropriate uncle not from the like yeah physical kind of way but just Definitely talking about things that he shouldn't yeah. be talking about with a mm-hmm. whatever age, uh, and I, yeah, I kind of wonder if the, you know, if, if he's going for similar themes, whether it will be a bit of Randall feeling on the outside now that Dante is essentially a family man and, mm. you know, maybe actually achieving, maybe one of them's actually achieving now, whereas the past two have been about them sort of wanting to achieve and, and not being able to move forward. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'd love to see the power dynamic of, of you know, Randall getting successful in a podcast, and you know Dante mm. almost feeling that, yeah. um, you know, Randall's gotten this newfound po- popularity and he's sort of feeling a bit out of it. That would be a little bit of a power dynamic change. And 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 actually knowing Dante the way we do, he's probably going to be dissatisfied with his life. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> if if Randall is sort of a popular podcaster and 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 it's really made something of himself in, on a larger scale. Then I could definitely see Dante regretting his choices yet again, uh, as he sit, you know, as he has his mm. even if he has a happy family. Yeah, I yeah. can see that too. It's interesting, like Jeff Anderson being kind of the 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 I don't know if you'd say the voice of reason, but like ha- having the restraint to say like no, like I'm not going to do this movie that's basically his own personal cash cow like as you say well like, this is the problem it, it seems like it was a cash cow but there were still issues oh, right he with, didn't get paid with the back end yeah. from clerks too that yeah. they didn't get paid and oh. it took like kevin ha- going to the to the weinsteins which will never happen mm. again um <laughs> him going him going to them and and you know trying to um trying to get that money back out and that's what sort of turned jeff off he didn't want to work for them again like there were mm. too, there was too much issues yeah, right. last time whereas the fact that they're no longer going to be in the picture i think that's going to make it easier for for kevin to get jeff back but hopefully yeah, yeah. interesting is, is that script available that pre-heart attack one like is that on the internet um so like he read? did he did a um 
a one night sort Zoom of reading of it. Read? Yeah. Um, uh. And he did that at like a small like black box theatre in New Jersey uh, for I think it was his fiftieth birthday actually. Um, but it was just something very small. Like I don't know whether it's um, available to the general public except if you if you join like the Smodcast um, fan club. I think you can find it that way. But right, I've been looking and I couldn't That'd find be, it. So. Yeah. Uh, I hope it leaks one day because I'm sure a lot of people would, myself included, really like to see what that version was going to be. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, he, he actually lifted yeah. the opening scene and that became part of Reboot. So um, that was always going to be part of it with them. Um, right. Uh, Jane Silent Bob having the, the chicken joint. <laughs> Very good. Uh, before we get to useless trivia, we're going to take a little moment to talk about our friends over at Manscaped who are supporting Comedy Rewind with the very best in men's self-care, hygiene, and below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped products are available in Australia and New Zealand. They just so happen to specialize in what's going on down under. So whether it's anti-chafing gels, body wash, moisturizers, deodorants, or the best trimmer on the market manscaped has got you covered with precision engineered tools for your family jewels if it's not obvious uh, men's health and hygiene is at the core of what manscaped does they're partnering with the testicular cancer society to raise awareness about the importance of early detection so fellas we gotta check these things out at least once a month for early signs and symptoms of testicular cancer only takes 60 seconds and they've even got an app that will remind you with a text message once a month. So when listeners make a purchase from Manscaped, you'll have the option to make a donation to the life-saving work of the Testicular Cancer Society. And that's so easy to do when you're already saving money with 20% off and free shipping if you use the discount code 8BIT, that's A-T-E-B-I-T, at manscaped.com. Definitely do that to make sure that you get rid of any wiener trolls that might be hiding down there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Apparently, the, like this is maybe stepping on your toes, Trevor, with the trivia, but they filmed a whole scene depicting these these trolls that, uh, <laughs> that live in those parts. And it was like the Weinstein influence that suggested that needed to happen. And wisely, they cut that from Wait, the Wait, the Weinstein suggested that they needed to see the trolls? What? Yeah, did you, have, have you read this? No. I read it on the IMDb trivia page. No, so it's, it was it's like, not in Back to the Well, the, the Clerks 2 documentary. So. Yeah, I'll, I mean, since you guys aren't familiar with this, I will have to find it and read yes, it. Yes, please do. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm, I'm want to make sure I'm not getting it wrong here. I'm really amused by the idea of them going. No, we need to see. We need an animated sequence we inside. Need to see pillow pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, found it. I'm just wondering what the transition to that would have been like. <laughs> So the idea of the pillow pants trial was conceived when Kevin Smith was teasing Muse about why a woman wouldn't sleep with him and he decided to put a reference to that trial in the movie. Harvey Weinstein saw a rough cut of the movie and strongly suggested that they show the trial. They planned to have a scene showing the trial inside a giant constructed vagina with Muse playing the character. They were ultimately able to convince Weinstein that it was a bad idea. The scene was scrapped to the disappointment of Jason Mewes, who wanted to keep the set that they would have constructed for the scene. How did Harvey Weinstein become a movie producer? Because I feel like every idea I've ever heard from his has been just terrible. 
But that's that really horrible. Oh. Uh, they could have had a whole line of merchandising, I mean, man. Oh, I'm sure that was probably the intention <laughs> yeah. behind it. You know, the buddy, the buddy Jesus kind of thing for this movie yeah, would be the, the pillow pants troll. But um, yeah, that, that's my input for useless trivia. Trev, what do you have? Okay, so the house that Jeff Anderson comes out at the very start with the pink walls and all that sort of stuff, that's the house that Kevin Smith actually grew up in. Uh, they they were just driving by. Um, they knocked on the door and said, look, we're making a movie. I used to live here. Do you mind if we just have um, one of our characters coming out, jumping across the car and getting in the car? And the house owner said yes. So they managed to <laughs> they managed to um, get Kevin's That's old so house cool. and that he grew up in into the film. Ben, have you got any... Uh, yeah, yeah little known, little known fact. When in that Lord of the Rings scene, uh, when he's doing a one ring to rule them all, and they have the whole geek off, that's the when he pulls it out. That's the actual ring from Lord of the Rings, like from from oh, wow. the movie. Cool. Which one? The one that uh, the customer has, or uh, both of them? That no, I made the whole thing up. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any more trivia. <laughs> okay. Um, one thing that did actually happen, they got in trouble uh, for when you see the movies and they go through, you see like um, the movies cow and the heart NJ. They mm. got in trouble from New York because that's actually oh. a trademarked um, sign. The I heart New York is a trademark. I've heard they're very symbol. around that. Um, and so they ended up having to pay a lot of money to keep that in, in there. And there's also another mention of i heart new jersey that they didn't pick up uh and that's in the dancing scene with the um with the uh one of the, one of the characters n- near the nun that um is sort of dancing around right. that actually has i heart nj and because they didn't mention it they didn't have to pay the second fine <laughs> because and that nun was actually no brilliant there was something about the nun like that was one of their favorite uh, extras that came that came on that supposedly was an actual nun, but I could be talking out of my ass right now. Sure, they just they just picked her off the street. Yeah, so that, that's my kind of useless trivia that I remember from the podcast. <laughs> so good. All right, we are up to the exciting part of the podcast where we talk about the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi, a real spark plug. It's a tough one on this one. It could be the the customer who just vomits everywhere after Randall <laughs> completely destroys Lord of the Rings in front of him. Yeah, I had written his name down. It's a pretty good performance. It was uh so we had Kevin Wiseman is playing the the Hobbit fan mm-hmm. or the Lord of the Rings fan. He was he was good. Uh but what, I had Wonder Sykes and Earthquake as kind of kind of co yeah. nominees because yeah. actually they, 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 they they'd win as the husband and wife yeah, they, they'd yeah. win over, over the other guy the only other one worth mentioning is Jason Lee with his appearance <laughs> Jason Lee's people <laughs> that that is really out there but no I think I think I I was sort of leaning toward leaning towards the Wanda Sykes earthquake yeah. they just their scene is just mm. great although this the scene with um with Scott Mosier how uh, he's sit- he's sitting at the table, and when I think Randall's giving giving to uh, Elias, and so Dante opens the door and says, "Randall, just shut up." And then 
looks across and there's this young girl and, and Scott Mosher and he's like just blocking her eyes because they can yeah. somehow see into the into the staff toilet. I thought that was Yeah. That was great. Not too. a well designed toilet that it's just backing onto the custom <laughs> no. area. But no, Wanda Sykes and, and Earthquake definitely have a great moment. Cool. All right, we'll give it to them. Uh, last question. Is Clerks 2 still a good movie? I don't think we have anyone saying it's not. I think, you know, I, I may have said this on Chasing Amy and Dogma episodes as well, but I feel like this is probably the movie that holds up the best of Kevin Smith as far as, like, you can not be, like, a View Askew Universe fan and, and sit down and watch this and still appreciate it yep. for what it is as a self-contained mm-hmm. thing. That, that works also with Dogma. I think it works with Chasing Amy, although I think this is a better movie. Um, and it probably, you know, Jane Silent Bob, you pretty much have to understand who these people are. I think it helps a lot anyway. Yeah. And and it, it's just, a, it, a, it follows the kind of more mainstream pacing and production quality yeah. and that kind of thing. So from that perspective, I think that this is an easy movie to watch now for the first time, mm-hmm. whereas some of those others wouldn't be. They may have aged a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, even though it didn't have the big budget, it, I haven't got it in front of me, but it may have cost less than Mole Rats even. It looks so much better. He's clearly learned how to use better equipment and so, how to f- frame things and all that kind of stuff. Have Have you looked into who the cinematographer was? I haven't looked into that, and I'm hoping you might be able to tell Same me. Same cinematographer. That did close. Oh, really? So he got he got back his old his old buddy um, David Kine, and yeah. And that guy's now working on uh, Mandalorian. Yeah, apparently. he he was working on. I think he did some stuff for HBO, and then like ended yeah. up working on on the Mandalorian, which is That's pretty is crazy. Pretty impressive. <laughs> it is considering what Clerks was like. Not really any. <laughs> a mem like not really memorable for that reason like it, it's it's angles or it's cinematography but not that there was anything wrong with it but to see like to have two people go from being involved in that movie with kevin smith and yep. the cinematographer to being like two of the top people in their field from a certain perspective i guess with kevin smith uh it, that's pretty pretty yeah rare. so we did clerks small rats chasing amy clerks to zach and mary make it make a porno and cop out in red state with kevin every um so you can sort of see how he how he was getting better and better and better uh throughout each of those Mm. those films and then when he came back for clerks too it's such such a difference in oh yeah in from um chasing amy he must have learned so much in that time and now you know he's one of the Mm. one of the most sought after cinematographers out there and then it was like, you want me to do what with a walrus? No, I'm out. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right. Well, thanks, fellas. It's great to have you back on the show. Still big fan of you guys uh, over at Bitstorm. Do you want to give a quick plug to, to what you guys are doing there? Yeah. So we're a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. And uh, we essentially take random words and other prompts every week and improvise some game designs around them uh so you can go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm and find 200 plus episodes there of many 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 game ideas uh yeah and i think if you Very check good. out episode 100 you'll find jono's first <laughs> um 
first foray yeah. into Bitstorm, and PAX, I can't yeah. remember what which other episodes you've been on. <laughs> We've got to get you back uh, on soon. Another one since then. If you look me up on Podchaser, you can see my credits, and <laughs> it'll probably be right there. <laughs> but I mean, you guys are doing this game jam. If you if your game's successful, you won't be able to say you know nothing about game design. You'll have to change <laughs> the intro for your podcast. It's true. We better we better not get so, too good. Yeah, we, we we better just tank it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Podchaser, you can leave reviews for this show over there or in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, uh, you know, library. Uh, we'd like to thank our Kofi subscribers for keeping the emotional lights on. Where can people find you guys on the social medias, uh, Ben? Uh, yeah, just Ben underscore Slinger on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, and yeah, go to Podchaser find my credit there and trev yep and uh trev h scott <laughs> on twitter and yeah look on podchaser <laughs> i've got Very credits good. all over the place we, we we like to we like to sponsor this pretty hard uh, like say podchaser a lot because ben actually like runs podchaser it is my site so <laughs> you know, gotta get the plugs in <laughs> yes uh, very good and you can catch me at Johnny himself and thank you to everyone that wrote in with your questions we're putting the the you know the the movies out on Twitter with the 8-bit social media every week to get those uh, solicited so follow we are 8-bit for that and dear listeners we want to thank you for joining us on Comedy Rewind once again be kind rewind <laughs> <laughs>